0: Hi, this is Tim Winter. Welcome to What Would Dave Do? A digital conversation exploring the leadership experience. You can listen to it at timwinner.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to What Would Dave Do? podcast exploring the leadership experience it's a sunny morning in portland oregon and i am super super excited to have my guest today ann smith who is the president and ceo of a word smith a public relations company in portland oregon and in my opinion the best uh, public relations company in portland oregon i have worked with ann uh at two different companies uh, brought her on and her company on uh two different companies uh have been involved in her coffee and donut talks uh and actually it's kind of fun to turn or reverse the mic today because uh, the very first podcast i ever did was ann's all shine no glitter and so ann welcome to the
1: show good morning Tim thank you so much for having me
0: of course how are you I'm
1: good I'm good we're like you said it's this beautiful day here and my kids are officially out of school so that feels kind of nice and um yeah everything's good
0: yeah my my son is out of school so our grocery bill is going up I think our milk consumption yeah. is like four I don't know <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's true.
1: It's true. I know. I was placing like a big Costco order just for random snacks and things that they can hopefully, you know, keep themselves alive during the day. Right. Well,
0: he's <laughs> he's at the age now. It's so funny because he's at the age now where, uh, you know, he has his own car and he drives.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he comes down, yeah. and, you know, and he's six foot two and he's just, you know, and he's like, Dad i'm going up taco bell (laughs) and (laughs) so he has the independence he just doesn't have the revenue uh, or the income so yeah (laughs) which is code for hey dad will you transfer some money to my bank account (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) because i want to go to taco bell i have all the independence i just don't have the money
1: (laughs) right right we just have this little little roadblock
0: (laughs) so what have you been now? I know that you moved your offices. Uh, You used to be a ground zero for, for my audience outside of Portland Uh, and had the most amazing office, uh, downtown Portland and right around, uh, right above Kelly's bar. uh, She -hmm. shared, there was a tattoo parlor there. It was just (laughs) a really cool Portland location, Um, Mm -hmm. but it became ground zero for, you know, what, what, what our town is suffering right now.
1: I know it's, it's really crazy. And yeah, we were down there um, right on Southwest Washington between 4th and 5th, um, right above Kelly's Olympian, like you said. And I was always so proud to have an office down there. Um, first moved into that space. Um well, I don't know how long ago it's been now, but we were down there for probably eight years or so. And yeah, really, I mean, we took over the whole floor and we did build outs and really made it our own. And yeah, I loved it. People would come up to our space. And I think it was always a little bit of a a surprise, a pleasant surprise, because you don't know you're like down on the the sidewalk and you come (laughs) up there. But of course, it was like an old building, all the charm, the exposed brick and everything like that. And um, like i said i was proud to be downtown i loved just going and grabbing lunch at food carts and you know having clients into our space and you mentioned the coffee chats that we used to have um you know having a, a panel of inspiring people and just inviting people into the to the office to partake in those and so you know it was wonderful but Portland was always a little quirky, but then obviously, as we all know, like during the pandemic and everything that took place with the protests um, and then, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we started going back down there like once a week, the summer of 2021. And then by the fall, like I knew that I wanted our office... I wanted to have an office. I wanted to commit to being in the office and have our team be able to come back together and just had to really look at whether or not it was going to be feasible and if it was going to be safe. And it was, you know, sad to have to come to that conclusion. But I just wanted our, I wanted at the top, like I said, just to be safe. And I was concerned about people even having to walk from their car to the office. And like, that just wasn't a good place for us to be
0: no and, and that um yeah that's that's unfortunate um yeah that, that you were put in that space but now you're out in the suburbs
1: yeah now we're out in Tigard which everybody's moving out to Tigard it's like the happening place to be um but but yeah we're out there it's um it's a it's a nice space it's obviously different but um it's comfortable and um we're close to things. I mean, I I joke about it, but it is true. I mean, there's awesome restaurants that have opened up, you know, just within a few minutes. And so, yeah, so we're out there and we come into the office three days a week. Um, our team is, we have a hybrid model that we've um, adopted that we've been, you know, putting in place ever since we came back into that space, which was in like November of 2021 is when we moved into that that current space yeah
0: great yeah. i i think it's look you know and i've always admired that and i i've admired how you were able to weather the pandemic and um how you kept your team together and, and the things you you were able to do um you know i will always sing your praises and and here's out <laughs> for my audience and just i mean if you need a pr firm uh the, a wordsmith is the one and what, what yeah. i always tell people what i love about and what I would say about your company is, you actually do what you say you will do. And <laughs> what what their process is absolutely fantastic. You sit down, you strategize, you tell them what you want, and then on a monthly basis they update you on how you're doing towards those goals. And you know, at Metal Toad, we wanted to be in a national publication. We wanted three articles in the Portland Business, whatever it was. Yeah. I don't remember. And, yep. and every single one of those things happened. And well, I, I just yeah, am always PR so is, impressed with your process.
1: Well, thanks. And um, I mean, PR is tricky and it's the question that all of us get asked who are in this industry as far as how do we measure results and how do we see ROI. And it is hard because we're not an advertising firm. And so um, we're at the mercy of editorial deadlines and decisions and, um, you know, things that are out of our control, but I do believe strongly in putting metrics in our programs, our plans and like having common goals that we're working towards that our clients and us are bought in on and having open dialogue, if something's not working and how can we pivot, um, to, you know, be able to get to the end result that we're all after. But I also just think, I mean, I own a small business and we work with companies of lots of different sizes, but I just take it really personally. I mean, it's like I appreciate any size organization putting their trust and their money in us. And I want them to feel like it's an excellent partnership.
0: Well, I have the proof. Uh, I have my wall of fame on my in my office behind me. And uh, they're all the articles that Award Smith <laughs>
1: How <laughs> uh, well, get
0: produced? Um, well,
1: you've been you've been an incredible influence in my career, which is I was telling this to Skip when I saw him this week because um, you really have. I mean, when when we had our ten year um, firm celebration back in uh, twenty nineteen, um, you know, and I was putting together the guest list of people who I wanted to come who I felt had really influenced and supported me during the duration of owning the business and you were on that list and you were probably the person I had known for the least amount of time of anyone who came that night but you just very quickly had the ability to like give me that confidence I mean you would say like just you know just keep going like even with the coffee chat when yeah. you had to pinch hit and like be a guest on our very first one and you were like just keep doing these and keep going yeah. and and like i just always have really appreciated that
0: oh and that was fun <laughs> I, and that i remember that party that was great it was over by the um oh that uh over in that, was in that the goat mark yeah the goat block yeah yeah I love the coffee and donuts. I, I my favorite one was you had all those PSU students, and uh, <laughs> and they and I just couldn't help myself. I wasn't a panelist that time, but I just couldn't help myself. And I, I the advice I gave them was just, uh, you know, leave more than you take. Mm. And uh, and I think you know that's kind of my motto in my life is just leave more than you take, and yeah. uh, in life. And I think if you if everybody would do that, you know, we'd be in a, a lot better position.
1: Totally.
0: Has your has yeah. yours, so you've been through the pandemic, you have this agency, uh, you know, that the the you know, most companies don't survive 10 years. Uh people either get bored, they lose their passion, they it just becomes too hard. But you mm-hmm. but you've been able to endure, and I, I think you've been able to endure because you you and your <laughs> staff are very good at what you do. Um and you provide a quality product and and people are willing to pay for that but how about leadership i know that you know that's not, you know business would be easy if it wasn't for these darn people and so <laughs> you know managing people and having people and managing clients is, you know over you know yeah. since the pandemic or since you started mm-hmm. the agency has your has your philosophy about leadership changed
1: i think In some ways, yes. And then I think there's other things that hold very steady. But yeah, it's interesting when I think back over the years, um, when I first started hiring people, um, I was really wanting to create this culture. I had worked for a firm um, in St. Louis and we had the best culture. And, you know, my, I was earlier in my career, obviously, but my people who were my colleagues were also my friends and we did things on the weekends and we all just really enjoyed each other and we also worked hard. And so I wanted to, I had that in my mind, like, I want to create this experience. I want to have this vibe for the people who are here and um, I want them to be excited and to want to stay and to do all the things. And I did have to come to a realization though too, where it was like, oh yeah, but like, I'm the boss now, or I'm the person at the top. Like people, maybe, you know, it's not the same as when you're just like a junior level staff member and right. your friends or your colleagues. So I remember like having that realization as far as like, okay, I want to create this. I want that, I do want to create this feeling, but it, also I have to be good with like them doing it with each other. It doesn't have to be so much with me. Um, so that was something that I remember like kind of being like, Oh yeah, you know? Um, and then I think the pandemic and obviously everything that happened with being fully remote, that really pushed my leadership style because before that we were full time in the office. I really believe strongly in that. Um, and it was something that had come up over the years from our team as far as like, you know, creating a, um, a different work arrangement. But we were really holding true to that. Like, no, you know, we, we have this office and we come in and, um, you know, we work these hours and all of that. And then clearly that got flipped on its head once we were, you know, living in the COVID times. And so I certainly learned a lot about grace like for each other (laughs) and for myself and coming there just like even the realization that okay things can get done just fine when we're having a different sort of structure um and so that i think has been really healthy and and good and um now i'm also focusing a lot just on curiosity i mean curiosity and like staying curious is one of our operating norms at the firm but I find that I'm not necessarily my, I, I'm like driven to like want to get things done. And um, that's like my kind of D dominant personality style. So while I love learning and like connecting with people, I want to remind myself to maybe like dig deeper at times and like have that curious mindset a bit more too. Um, that just kind of like feeds into. I think what I want, like who I'm who I want to be as a person, like what are my own goals? How do I want to feel? How do I want to show up? Um, but then, you know, yeah, obviously, like how can I lead in the best way? I don't know. I have this post-it note that I I'm looking at right now and I uh it's been on my desk since COVID. And it says, one year from now, how do I want to be remembered as a leader? Oh. And <laughs> I, I kept it th- I mean, I I think someone posed that question like very early in COVID and I thought, wow, that's really um, impactful to me. And, um, and I put it here on my desk and I have just kept it up, you know, despite the fact that it's been several years now, but it's a good reminder for me, just like, how do I, like, who am I today and how do I want that to like, um, what feeling do I want that to create even a year or more from now?
0: Yeah, I I think I've always believed, you know, your true colors come up when the heat's up in the kitchen. Um, You know, everybody can be nice when when there's no tension or when they're when things are moving smoothly. In fact, Mm -hmm. a lot of times we get fat, dumb and happy. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. And it's and I think COVID really challenged a lot of people. And I think you saw a lot of people. Uh, true colors come out um, mm-hmm. and, and how they, and I think that's, a you know, it's awesome to say, what, how do I want to be remembered? Or what kind of boss do I want to be a year from now? Yeah. And cause a year goes fast. I mean, it seems like COVID <laughs> was uh, 10 years ago.
1: Exactly. It does.
0: We, we had an event yesterday and you know, we had 40 people show up and it was so great uh, when we did the tower awards this year, it was so wonderful to have that many people, you know, come into a room and, and to gather again and be together again and right. to, to do it. And I think, you know, as humans, I, I know for me personally, you know, I can't get on an elevator without talking. So I like people, <laughs> you know, it's probably why I went into leadership. It's probably why I do what I do um, because I genuinely like people and I like to be mm-hmm. around them and I love the creativity. I, I you know, it's an interesting <clears throat> where are people at, I think we lose a lot in fully remote situations, we miss the spontaneous. We miss the, yeah, for sure. you know, you pop in my, oh, I had this idea. And then next thing you know, you've, you know, you have a new product or you have something or you've whiteboarded or you've had, you've had a moment or that connection. And I, I think some yes. of it can happen on Slack and in Zoom and all of that. But I think you miss the spontaneous. And I think, I, I think brilliance, brilliance comes from the spontaneous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just getting to know people on more of a personal level. I think on Zoom, you know, you get on there, you're getting on there for a reason. You like no one really wants to be on Zoom. So you're like to the point and then off you go to the next thing.
0: Yeah. and There's got to be best practices, too. Like you got to have your camera on right like mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. And, and people have gotten lazier and lazier and they just don't turn on their cameras and you know you're not having that connection I I, I think you know I think what you're doing is probably the best I think a hybrid, is probably where we're at i i don't know that we'll ever go back to you know five days a week in the office for certain jobs i mean you know yeah. th- these are certain yeah. jobs um mm-hmm. you know certainly if you work in a hotel you're going to work you know right and there exactly. are so um mm-hmm. b- but I, Which think, I
1: think people tend to forget sometimes like i think those of us with the luxury of having the hybrid i think we sometimes forget that there's people who have been still getting up and going to work yeah for the last three years, like they didn't have a choice. That was the, the what their job requires and demands. And and thank goodness they did because those of us who are at home, I'm sure we were, you know, leveraging their services or, you know, whatever their outputs were in some way.
0: Oh, we're sure glad our garbage got picked up. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah, The the, gar- exactly. the garbage man didn't get to. <laughs>
1: right. All those door dashers.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> I, I always get annoyed when you see the things on linkedin where it shows you know the 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 pie graph of working from an office and it's you know 30 minute commute and then it's you know hour lunch and then it's 10 minutes wasting time talking and you know basically it's just this whole and then and then no. on the other graph it's working from home 100 percent work well that's not true <laughs> you're doing laundry you're walking your dog you're sleeping in you're You know, come on.
1: Everything's a balance, yeah.
0: Everything balanced. And I think what's really interesting right now is they're talking about, oh, the productivity was so high when we went, you know, when the productivity was so high because nobody could do anything else but work. The movie theaters Mm -hmm. weren't open. The restaurants weren't open. The bars weren't open. You couldn't do anything. (laughs) So you were locked in your house. You worked.
1: Yep, And now...
0: We're in our homes, but we can go down to the restaurant. We can go right. to Starbucks. We can take a walk. We can do things, Thank meet goodness. friends for coffee. Thank God, <laughs> right. but, but of course, it's inf- uh, affecting productivity. But all mm-hmm. this when the first happened, oh, our productivity is so high. It's all working from home. No, it's not. It was the. Con- <laughs> it was the. <laughs> pandemic affected that and you've got to look at the cause and effect of it all. But I do well, think right. that there's a balance there. It's probably speaking of technology and all of this, you're in a PR firm and um, I think that your industry is probably going to be affected. What, what are your thoughts on
1: AI? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we are trying to just stay smart and stay um I guess, up on it as much as we can, it absolutely touches what we do. I mean, a a huge segment of our firm is content creation, you know, writing. And so, you know, there's certain things that we still feel really strongly that you're best served to be using a real life human if you're looking to create content, um, things that are thought leadership driven, if you're wanting to present um, ideas in new ways, if you're wanting to be future facing, all of those things um, are not something that AI is at least currently able to be doing. Um, also recognizing that there's a lot of ways that you can use it that can benefit us. I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I've never been a huge fan of like taking a draft, like even if a, if a client says, oh, hey, we have an initial draft for you guys to work from. To me, that always is like just as much work, if not more, because then I'm kind of like stuck looking at that and like it's hard to just start fresh and be creative when you have something existing. However, I know that some people really appreciate that. So I think there's ways to leverage it for getting some of those initial ideas down. Um, the research piece is really great. I mean, we do a lot of um, white space analysis and, you know, kind of deep dive research into client industries and um, what's currently being set out there from competitors or from media. So, you know, ways to leverage that is, are really fantastic. Um, And there's also really valuable ways to leverage it. If you're, you know, you have something that's really strong, like a white paper that um, I would say is, you know, written by an actual person. Um, But if you have a a really thorough document like that, um, as a starting point, then you know, you can leverage it for cranking out kind of more straightforward marketing, you know, like an email or um, even a, a blog or something like that. So, you know, I think that we're just, we are we're just wanting to understand it, we're wanting to use it as best we can. We also just want to caution against the things I mean, plagiarism is a valid concern um, because AI is pulling from content that already exists out there. And so, um, you know, that's something that we're just, we would really caution against and be really careful um, for, you know, and just urge companies to think about that. Also, you just want to have a unique tone and you want to um, you want to be saying something that's different and um, perhaps not leveraging things that already exist. And so, for all of those reasons um you know i think that
0: yeah plus it's just a lot you know, of times inaccurate i mean i just for well, for, yeah. for shits and giggles I, I i i had it write my bio and mm-hmm. i did all kinds of things i've never done i didn't even know <laughs> ai gave me degrees i don't have oh wow yeah i read it and i was like what and th- and then i was <laughs> Trying to do a, we're, we're having the party. is going to sponsor the party in the Pinot. And um, I, I wanted to write this article about party, So I, I put in all the parameters. It wrote yeah. a lovely story, but it was about Pinot Noir in the Willamette Valley. It never once mentioned mm. the, the event. And there's plenty of information out there about it, even right. images. Um, so I've, I just found it. Maybe I don't know how I use it. I think there'll always be the fact checking. I think they'll, yeah. I, and I think the one thing that you really, and maybe I mean, who knows, right? We, and the the reality of it is, AI has kind of been around, like Grammarly yeah. or some of these yeah. spell check. Really, is AI mm-hmm. right? A very uh, mm-hmm. rudimental, um, but it's but it is, and Grammarly is totally, and yeah. and I what I find sometimes is, um, it doesn't sound like me. People can tell when Mm -hmm. I use it because it's not my, it's not my voice.
1: voice. Yeah. Not the Mm -hmm. way I talk.
0: Right. And um, so I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think that there'll, you know, there's, I think there'll be this spike, the pendulum will go one way and then it'll come back.
1: I think think that,
0: you know, the PR industry is going to have to just pivot and become almost, um, you know, it'll probably be like AI will be the dollar store. And if you really want, and that really, really will want, real people, right? (laughs) Like, um, it'll be the, 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 the inexpensive way to do it and you'll know it and people who read it will know it. And then you'll have the, 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 the Bentley and, and that's what your company Mm -hmm. will produce and and people will be willing to pay for that.
1: Exactly. And I mean, it, it also opens up opportunities for companies to maybe consider, um, you know, okay, well, to your point, like we could use, we could we could partner with our writing firm or our PR team um, to create this more like higher level, more impactful outputs, and then we'll you know do some of these more remedial outputs or whatnot, leveraging from AI. So I think there's, you know, ways to think about it like that too, but yeah, it's a brave new world and, um, there's so much, it's kind of like drinking from the fire hose, you know, it's, there's a lot coming out right now and, um, just trying to, to stay as smart as we can and also like to have our own, um, our own like guardrails and like understanding of how we use it and how we don't. Um, I think that at least has, has helped give us a little bit of structure around it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's in yours. I think in other industries, we talked about it at the health tech forum last night, you know, there will be things in AI that will be very beneficial, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to diagnosing uh, disease and, and seeing things and it's going to see things that, uh, you know, that, other people right. can't it's going to be able to digest you know caseload um so i yeah i you know I, and i i always tell people don't be afraid of it because it's actually been around yeah. for a long time um mm-hmm. it's just been a little bit more subversive than what it is becoming today and it mm-hmm. will change it will change my biggest oh, yeah, fear it's of it boring. is there's just going to be a tremendous amount more content because it's it will be easy for people to produce but it, and you're going to have to be that much more suspicious
1: Right, discerning. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: discerning of the information you're reading because, you know, is it accurate? I uh, uh, We were talking about it at the office and somebody had brought up, um, a, a, some attorney got disbarred in New York or something because they did all of their briefs, had AI do it and they were all inaccurate oh. and it made up case cool. law. And yeah, exactly. um, the judge read it and he was disbarred or he, he was kicked out of something. And uh, oh. nobody took the time to, to validate the information <laughs> yeah that's not good um yeah. in that like just talking about changes in that Well, since 10 years ago the workplace you know there's a lot of talk about the workplace and what changes or what have you noticed in the workplace or what do you think the future of work is
1: like the physical, like the physical nature, like the office sort of, or do you mean something in more like general, generalities,
0: general ad- attitude about work? Mm-hmm. I think it's changing mm-hmm. so much. And, yeah, you know, I, I think we're going to see us, my personal opinion is I think we're going to see a swing and then it's going to come back. I, I already start to see where we're starting to admire the trades a little bit more, um, uh, because yeah. we need them and yes. Um, people were yeah. shying away from them, but I think the future of work just, yeah, in general, mm-hmm. whatever okay. you think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, how much time have you got? No, um, <laughs> I mean, all the time in the world. Really? It's really been, um, it's, it has obviously been really interesting over the years. So I, I've had my firm for 14 years. Um, wow have definitely seen a variety of just like, when I think about our team makeup um, and even like the talent pool and all of that, I mean, it has really evolved. I mean, it used to be that you could put a job posting out and kind of be flooded with applicants. Um, Then, you know, I think 2020 we were all just like working our butts off to, keep everything afloat and clients happy and, and, you know, the team in place and all of that. And then for me, like I just would not have expected in 2021 to then kind of see some of the, the change in what people wanted as far as, I mean, it makes sense. Like, it obviously makes sense, the pandemic and, like, how that affected people. Um, But, you know, the desire to kind of step back from careers that maybe people had really worked their way up in and um, to reevaluate what they want in life. And, um, you know, I mean, it was, as someone leading a a company, it was um, a tough time, you know, and, like, the people just weren't, the talent pool was tight and people were having to get more creative about um, how they were staffing up and and all of that and now I think you know that it's it's swinging back a little bit more. obviously the economy is shifting and so um, there's I think more people who are um, talented who are in the job market but I still find like that it like we, we, I still find kind of this like middle, mid-level employee to be the one that's the most elusive to like the people with maybe the um, three to five, maybe even a little more years of experience. Um, Those people I think are, they're they're the ones who maybe are like striking out on their own or just changing career paths altogether. Um, But yeah, so I think that that's just been interesting um, as I've seen things kind of evolve over the years. And, um i don't know we'll just like see i guess where where things head and um it's not like we're necessarily at a super stable time i guess when we think about the the impact the uh economy and all of that so i i guess we'll just see like how it continues to shake out
0: yeah yeah i think that you know i think there are and i i do think the pendulum will 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 swing back, uh, we'll see what happens with the economy. But I, and mm-hmm. I do think I, I do think that, you know, like everything, um, you know, the workplace and the future of work is going to be different. And mm-hmm. leadership is going to have to adapt to that. And mm-hmm. uh, owners are going to have to adapt to that. Companies are going to have to adapt to that. Mm
1: hmm. Yep. And, yeah. And I think even like we were talking before about the models, whether it's hybrid or fully remote or fully. And I mean, no one knows, right? Like, we're all just like trying to adapt. And we're trying to like find a, an option, a solution that works for the business and for the team. Um, but like, I don't think it matters, like how big of a company you are, or how small, like, we're all just, it's like very much in real time, having to like adapt and try to sort this stuff out. So
0: yeah, Yeah, and I think they are. And I think, you know, I I think we've seen the mandates and they haven't worked very well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, companies mandating everyone's back in the office. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think that there's a, you know, when I think there's a moral obligation, though, to that people don't think about. And I hear all the, you know, job satisfaction, quality of life. But I think I think there's a moral obligation to our communities and. You know, we've seen it in downtown Portland. We've seen it across communities across the country where when you take out the worker, you take out the community. You take out the vibrance. You take out the dry cleaner. Mm -hmm. You take out the coffee shops. You take out and so much of what makes up uh, uh, a community. And so I'm, you know, completely uh dismayed by the city of portland not requiring people to come back especially after spending 250 million dollars remodeling that building uh to make it healthier and put cleaner air right. and, you know to fix it right. and now it's mm-hmm. just a monument um i think that you know that would be a really good start but i think there's a moral obligation and i'll probably get a lot of people who will disagree with me or not like that but i think it's <laughs> just looking at it through a different lens and i think there's mm. a moral obligation that we have to our communities and yeah. being involved in our communities and supporting our cities and being vibrant. And, uh, you know, if I had a magic wand and I could go back and and just before the, uh, the pandemic, when, when things were bustling and people were, uh, work was going well and the community was thriving and new businesses were starting up. And, you know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I, mm-hmm. um, I think there was a lot of creativity and innovation happening. I think there was, uh, you know, not everybody's going to start a software company or a PR firm or, you know, go off. They're always going to be the person who goes off and starts a food cart and makes their living that way or starts a coffee shop yeah. or owns a dry mm-hmm. cleaner. And mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that, you know, there's a side of us that I think there's a moral obligation as a, and as a citizen uh, that, and maybe we, we have to look outside of ourselves, which is very difficult right now. I think the people I feel the most sorry for is anybody who started their job, like their career and 2020 because <laughs> they just yeah. don't have any like that they only have one they've only know one yeah. way one perspective
1: yeah
0: Mm-hmm. yeah who um who yeah who do you admire today as you're looking around and i who do you follow or do you read like like yeah. there's simon Sinek. there's all yeah i get it and i love him and <laughs> but is there anybody out oh, there i do
1: not have anything that um deep i won't have anything that academic
0: no i mean i don't care <laughs> hey it's, it's who you admire
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i i love this question i mean locally there's people um that i really respect um i mean you like huh. i said before you're someone who i really huh. look up to and who's really been influential from a leadership standpoint um amy whedon she founded um propeller. She's like ridiculously smart. Um, I really just value her and as a friend and, and as a mentor and, um, she's been on the client side as well, but I just am really impressed with everything that she has done. But you know, when I think like when I was thinking like, okay, who do I admire? Um, I mean, I love podcasts. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, but I mean, So again, this is not going to be an academic sort of answer, but like Kevin Hart, I'm like this guy, I don't know how he does all the things that he is doing. I mean, he has like multiple businesses. He's always going, his energy level is like off the chart um i find him to also be incredibly funny but i i listen to his podcasts and i watch his show and i've listened to his audiobook and i got to go and um, see him when he came to portland in december but people like that i'm just like damn like they're just kind of kicking ass on all these levels and also seeming to really be having fun as they go Um, And I just find that to really be energizing. I'm at a point in my life and in my career where, you know, I'm like, I just want to feel like, yeah, I want to be feeling like I'm having fun. And I want to feel like the um, load isn't so heavy. I mean, everything's been heavy over the pandemic, right? And there was, you know, I kind of came to this realization last year where I was I was like walking down the stairs in our house and my husband was like, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. And and I said, and nothing just happened. Like there's not something that just happened. And I was like, I just feel like I'm pushing through sludge and then I've been doing that for a while and it's getting really heavy. Um, And, you know, just working, I have a life coach who I'm working with. And it's been an awesome experience just to even think like, how do I want to feel like as a person? And how do I want to be as a leader? And all the things that were rising to the top for me, it wasn't about like, oh, I just want to like grind really hard. Or I want to, you know, I want to achieve or I want to like kick ass because I'm like, I know I can do those things. I I know that's kind of how I was raised and like, and that I feel like is part of me, but I also just want to like feel excited and like feel like I'm having fun. And so, um, I don't know. I find that people who who bring that energy, I've also been listening to Matthew McConaughey's um, Green Lights book, which I mean, he's like an amazing story- storyteller, um, but he's also someone who I'm just like, wow, like he's been able to be very, very successful business wise, very motivational, very inspirational, um, but also would appear to be having a pretty good life as he goes along, you know, and so things like people like that really stand out to me.
0: I, I think Kevin Hart is great. I think Kevin Hart gives back. I think, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Hart has um, he gives back to his community and mm-hmm. whenever he goes into a town, he always tries to get, you know, give back or get involved. Um, yeah. His energy level is unbelievable. And, and, and I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm with you. And I, mine you know, my, I really paused and it really wasn't the pandemic for me. I, I, I talked about this in my last podcast. I feel kind of guilty because the, I, I the pandemic was actually a very good time for me um mm-hmm. my um i i was very blessed and i had a a, a a i had left the company that i was working but i was you know under a contract so i was being paid right. and we were living downtown and i um my son was home my 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 wife stayed employed and worked from home and we um I, we came together as a family i think mm-hmm. stronger mm-hmm uh mm-hmm. as uh we we did some fun things like you know zoom happy hours and um <laughs> we spent a lot of time on our boat and because right. we could get away and mm-hmm. be away from people but still and i know you know this all sounds privileged and you know not oh Tim, not everybody has a boat not everybody you know has a golden parachute <laughs> i get that i am not i'm just i and i do have some guilt that i i went through the pandemic but. You know the namesake mm-hmm. of this show, Dave, who was my best friend
1: in right. the entire
0: world, uh, when he passed, um, I really that that was the that was the moment for me where I really took a pause and said, To your point, you know, what am I doing?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And is it about a, a bigger boat? Is it about more money? Is it about or is it about you wanting to give back? Is it about wanting to be a good citizen? Is it about you know my moral obligation to the world um, mm-hmm. and and I really feel strongly about that and and I did a complete you know 180 and to, and I did and it, it, you know I don't think you have to be you know a celebrity or be super rich to enjoy the work you do. To be able to give back, to be a good citizen, to have good energy. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm a nobody, and you know, through this podcast, I try to, you know, encourage some people. And I've received letters, and I've received emails, and you know, it's it's very heartwarming
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: you know this little voice can can make a difference. But isn't that if everybody had that felt that obligation? I just think, you know, the Kevin Hart's of the world and the Matthew McConaughey's and the Simon Senexes mm-hmm. have bigger platforms, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't stop us. And I love that, you know, right. I love that you're like, hey, I'm not gonna sludge through the mud anymore.
1: <laughs> well, right, and then it's like, when you put out that energy, you attract that energy. So it's like a win-win.
0: Oh, I believe in the laws of attraction so much. I believe in the law, lo- I know when I feel good, when I am engaged, when I'm mm-hmm. my best self, Things just seem to come my way.
1: Right. Yep. Isn't it weird? When you put like that intention out there, it just it just happens.
0: It does. And it Mm -hmm. it really, really does. So well, I appreciate the kind words and um I, I you know, you know the feelings mutual, I think very, very highly of you and what you have built and your team and uh and what uh a word Smith stands for. Oh, so. well,
1: thanks, Tim.
0: Uh, I I think that's, we're kindred spirits. That's why we get along.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so, so, you know, you're, you're, you're where you're at. And there's somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I'm thinking about starting an agency and they're just fresh out of college and they, they've got the whole world ahead of them and a whole lifetime. What advice would you give them? Somebody wanting to start an agency today after 14 yeah. years of doing it?
1: Just that it's all about relationships. I would be nowhere if I didn't believe in the power of relationships. And I'm just, I'm grateful that, I, I don't know, maybe I'm grateful that I grew up having to wait tables and that I had to learn like, you know, what it meant to, to help ensure someone had a good experience and that they wanted to come back for more. But I, I mean, my business would be like nowhere if it wasn't for me being able to pick up the phone and um, talk to old bosses, old colleagues, current past (laughs) clients. I mean, it's just, this is, PR is a relationship business anyway. Um, It's all about the connections that we have with media or with clients or with, um, colleagues, team members, whatever. But, um, I think, I guess I can't really speak to other industries, but I would have to think that like the relationship piece really carries through. And I mean, it's even like you and I having this conversation. I mean, we've met years back and we don't see each other every day, but like, I know that I can call you if, I need you and that I could get advice from you if I need you. And um, so I always just am saying like, keep your relationship strong, find ways to stay connected, like reach out, grab coffee, get a beer. I don't know, just send a text um, because those little things just will keep you going. And I think in times when you're like, God, like I'd like to, I need to like double down on the new business engine or whatever, like then just think, well, is there somebody that I haven't like connected with in a while? And you just never know. It's like when you just start making those little inroads again, the energy you put out, you're going to get it back. So that is my main advice is just keep your relationship strong and stay connected on LinkedIn. And, but It's more than LinkedIn, you know, it's just about like being human with each other too and showing up authentically.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. It's in the name, right? (laughs) Public (laughs) relations. Exactly. Uh, it, It is. And I think you and your agency, and I think you, um, you know, you, you not only say that, but you actually, um, you actually do it. And yeah, you know again, I'll go back to I think that's that, that's the one thing. you do what you say you will do. And I've always been so impressed with that with, with your agency and the work the work output that you do. You know, it's funny, yeah. I was thinking about how we met. I, I, I was talking to Skip and you know for my audience, yes, I, I have a day job, and um, you know I, I'm the vice president of Operations and Strategic Partnerships for the Technology Association of Oregon. Mm-hmm. And right. Skip is our, our leader.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And our relationship is exactly the ecosystem of Tao uh, because (laughs) Tao is a connector. And I met you because my director of marketing at Metal Toad chaired a marketing committee for Tao, Nathan Rupert, and Mm -hmm. you were on that committee. That's it. And when Mm -hmm. Metal Toad was looking for a PR firm, he suggested you.
1: Yeah, we, exactly.
0: We, we had so that's exactly the way the thing is supposed to work. It uh-huh. was through this relationship that you had with Tao. Be, yep. and it's one thing connected, and then you and I met, and then, you know, the the work was great, and then I I don't know mm-hmm. I think I came to a coffee and donuts or something, and it just kind <laughs> of went from there. Yeah. Um, but that is the absolute ecosystem. In which mm-hmm. it, it's the way it works, and your and my relationship is a great example of that. That's that's exactly. 100%. Yeah, I was not going to skip about it, and he's like, he he got so excited about that.
1: He's like, yes, that's
0: exactly <laughs> it, right? I
1: exactly mean, how it's meant to work. Yeah, yeah. and you just never know how things are going to unfold. I, you know, I started my firm in March of 09 when the economy was crashing and I didn't even start my firm then. I mean, I had gotten, I had been let go from the company where I was because they were having to make huge layoffs. And so I was one of many people who got let go. Um, But then they started having me freelance back for them like a week later. And that's because I had a great relationship. I was doing a good job, but I also had a good relationship with the person there who was my boss. And, you know, he called and he was like, Ann, can you freelance for us? And so I was like, yes, that's great. Because like I needed to figure something out. And so, you know, and that person, he has is another person who's been very influential over the years and who I know is in my corner if I need him. So you just don't know like the the trajectory that life's going to take. So just having people in your corner and like being on good terms, I think is just the way to go.
0: <laughs> well, and that that's a topic that I'm very passionate about. So when they did make that decision to lay you off they were probably very they had to have been very respectful and Mm -hmm. they probably you know uh treated you very well because had they not you know you would not have come back at at metal toad i was absolutely adamant that i well i wrote a blog about it uh, that onboarding uh, offboarding is more important than onboarding Mm. You always see on LinkedIn. You see the, you know, the beautiful desk with all the trappings, and oh, my first day here. Well, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> my honeymoon was amazing. <laughs> right, right. Yes, they gave and me twenty all years cards. later. Let <laughs> me tell you. So, mm-hmm. I, I uh, yes, the first day is great. How's the last day? Hmm. Can you be respectful? And that Metal Toad, we always did a party. Oh, wow. We always, for, un, un, unless it was weird and you got terminated for something, right? But if you resigned, put in your two-week notice, darn it, we were going to have a party for you. And mm-hmm. we were going to thank you for your service and your contribution to our organization.
1: Wow, that's cool.
0: And we did it. And we uh-huh. went through a rash one time where we had like three parties in a week. <laughs> and that happens. And they came to me and they go, Tim, we got to stop having these parties.
1: It's <laughs> getting de- people are leaving.
0: Yeah, it's getting depressing. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. You either believe it. You either believe in this or you don't. I don't care if we have one every day. <laughs> we either believe in it or we don't. And then we need to look in the mirror of why we're having. But, you know, sometimes you just hire really brilliant, smart people and they have opportunities. Right. Opportunities mm-hmm. you can't fulfill or opportunities they want to go do something or they want to move or they want to get married. It, it, it's not always because you're a horrible company.
1: Right. No, exactly.
0: And so yeah. my belief is the way you take care of those people when they leave. I believe in the boomerang. So if I needed to call somebody mm-hmm. because we were respect. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, they threw a party for us. For me. They, they said goodbye graciously. Hmm. Yeah. And I think offboarding is so much more important than onboarding. And that's why, you know, you hear about the layoffs where they send you a text. Hey, don't come in today. You're fired. Right. I think Amazon just got in trouble for doing that. Uh, Maybe Verizon did it. Somebody did it. Uh, Oh no, it was Sprint. You know, they sent a message to everybody via text and uh, Hey, you're fired. Uh, (laughs) Yeesh. Yeah. Right. It, it that doesn't feel good. No, that, that doesn't. And, and I believe the other, the other big thing about being gracious when you let somebody go is, or when they leave you is you never know. And that the boomerang employee, mm-hmm. there might be a time where they change their life, change the circumstances and their or, life change. And yeah. they want to come back and they can be a viable employee.
1: Right. Yeah, you just never know. And, you don't know and it, what journey people are going to go on, or you're going to go on.
0: It goes back to that relationship. It is about relationships and mm-hmm. honoring those, and um, you know, having gratitude for them. I, I, that's a word that's really on my head right now. It's just gratitude. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's people who don't have gratitude, mm. and I, yep. I just gratitude. I am so thankful for the opportunities that I've had in the life that I've lived. And it's not been an easy one. And I am so just grateful. You know, I never went to college. My father committed suicide and it wasn't like this, you know, I, I I grew, it was difficult. And I was raised by my mother had an eighth grade education and, you know, but she always taught us well, a she always told us we were beautiful, <laughs> and, mm. and we really believe that. Um, <laughs> and she always told us we were smart, and um, you know, and, and it, it was just the way it was. And yeah. you know, we had that we had that strong, wonderful influence. And I I just am so grateful. And you know, even today, she's eighty four years old, and it's an honor to be able to help her at this stage in her life because she needs a lot more help than she needed. In the past, Mm -hmm. but being grateful for the, and there's times, oh, trust me, there are times. (laughs) And I have to remind myself to be grateful that I have, that it's an honor that I get to be involved in her life at this stage and that we still have her.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Even though
0: she does some crazy things, but you know, (laughs) and it is. And and when you come at it from a place of gratitude, it really makes it so much easier. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing. Yeah. So we're getting t- kind of towards the end here, but there's um, there's a st- uh, I, I, just a story or a moment when you realized that your leadership impacted an individual or your company. Just just something you want to share with the audience around okay. your own leadership or around your company. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, um, you really teed that up nicely with the gratitude theme oh. because. Um, So, so this week I was like, I got home from work and I went upstairs to change out of my work clothes. And like, I was walking back into the bedroom and I was like, wait, like I was like, what is that on the bed? And I saw there was like this card on the bed and it said mom. And so um, I opened it and it was uh, this card from my oldest daughter who's she's 17. She just finished her junior year. Um, and it was a gratitude. She's like, I, we were supposed to write gratitude notes in class and we're supposed to, you know, give it to someone who, um, we have just an extreme amount of gratitude for. And, and she was like, and that's you. And, um, God, I, I hope I don't cry. Talk about this, but like, I mean, no, please
0: cry, she, please, cry.
1: <laughs> please cry. No, but you know, she just, she, it was so sweet. And she just said like, you know, that um, like that I'm just a huge inspiration and that I give her confidence, even though, you know, she's a typical teenage girl going through this time in her life where confidence comes and goes, you know, and, um, just that I'm someone that she looks up to and what, like, what more can I want, you know, as a, um, as a mom and as a leader, like if I can, um, you know, set my kids up to like, feel that they can go out and, and be good humans and do the things that I want them to be then that's it that's it for me like that's the most important thing.
0: Wow. That's that's beautiful and <laughs> as a parent uh receiving something like that you just cuz you you know there's no rules on parenting there's no class no. really. No. <laughs> Nobody you don't have to no. get a parent license you <laughs> no. And, and we're all just kind of doing, trying to do the best. And when you get validation like that, that's really special. You're how, how fortunate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it says a lot about your daughter. Well, you know, yeah, she's, she's awesome, but it's not something where, you know, she's, she's, she's a strong girl and she's, got lots of opinions and, you know, lots of fire. And I wonder where she got that. (laughs) I have no idea. It's (laughs) really weird. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, that just meant a lot. And um, so, yeah, so when I, when I heard that question, and then when I heard you talking about gratitude, I was like, that's, you know, that's the one that's the one that like, is certainly most top of mind, and that probably means the most.
0: Well, I, uh, that's one of my favorite ones, uh, since I've been doing the podcast, that's absolutely <laughs> one of my favorite ones. Um, you know, I think, again, when we get those little moments, I, you know, I mean, I can tell you this now, um, when you invited me to your 10th year anniversary, I, I, we had something going on and I almost wasn't going to go. And Mm. and then you sent me a note and you said, are you coming? And, (laughs) and Misty said, no, you have to go. And my wife dealt with our family thing and she goes, you have to go. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need to go. And then you recognized me like in the audience and like, we had just Mm -hmm. started working together. And, yeah, you know, I think it's those moments when you don't know what an impact you have on another person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, exactly. as a parent, you feel like you're doing everything wrong, and to, oh God,
1: yes, to get that yeah. so
0: unexpected.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you're like, I don't know, I my kid doesn't even like put her dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> like, I mean, am I like what am I screwing this all up? You know. Um, but no, you're right. Like when someone just kind of catches you in a, that moment where you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean it. It means more than like showing up, being like, I'm going to receive this award tonight. Right. You know, <laughs> like someone's going to say something nice about me. Um, and I think that's a I mean, I don't know. I hope I remember that, too, of like finding more ways to like just take those like small, quieter opportunities to like let someone know that we appreciate them, that the impact they have. Well, it's hard to remember that because we all get busy, you know, but. Well,
0: we all get busy and then the unexpected happens and then we question ourselves for the rest of our lives. So I, I mean, seriously, I don't mean to be on a downer, but I, you know, and it is, it is, it is one of the reasons I do this podcast and I've been so committed to it. And, am, you know, in double digits now of episodes that I've done, which I, you know, when I did the first one, I was like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And mm-hmm. now I'm getting to the point where, and I, um, you know, it's, it really is, uh, you know, don't ever take those moments. And, and I, I again, look for those moments of where you can give gratitude. And sometimes yeah. it's as easy as opening the door, holding the door. Sometimes right. it's as easy as saying, you know, it, our, remember our please and thank yous. Mm-hmm. And just yep. being kind to somebody or giving someone the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're having a really awful day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just because you're yeah. not, doesn't mean that you have right. Like just be, <laughs> just be generous. Yes. And, yes. and, 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 and grateful. And uh, yeah, it just makes it a whole lot easier. Well, Great. and you know, I could talk to you all day and um, I'm so glad well, that our paths have crossed again and it looks like we'll have an opportunity to work together again, which I'm really yeah. excited about. Same. Um I, I love working with you and your team. Um, and I also think we do, we're really creative and I think we do some great work. So I, I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Definitely. And
0: I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you being on the show and uh, and thank you. It was fun having you on the other side of the mic and be able to yes. ask you questions. It uh, was
1: fun. Well, I appreciate it so much. And yeah, it was great to talk with you and I know we'll probably catch up soon.
0: All right. Well, listen, you have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. And uh, Mm -hmm. thanks for being on the show. And I'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay. Thanks, Dave. All right.
0: Take care. Bye-bye.